Hello, IES Teens Jakarta. My name is Isaiah Young, and it is so good to be with you today, even though it's virtually. I am from San Francisco, California, the Bay Area. As you can see with my background here, you can tell that it's a virtual background. I'm not standing on a cliff in the wind talking to you, preaching this message. <laughs> but I am so honored to have been invited to come and be the guest speaker with you this weekend when Pastor Josh asked me to speak a few months ago. I was just so excited uh, to have that invitation. Uh, and so again, thank you to Pastor Josh, the entire team for uh, just an opportunity to get to spend some time together. I hope you all are staying safe. I know that there's uh, still a pandemic going on out there and it's been an incredibly difficult year. So please know that I've been praying with you and for you, for each of you, your community, uh, and all those uh, who you love there in Jakarta. And uh, so know that uh, it is so good to, to have you even watching today. Uh, we're continuing on uh, with this theme that's been uh, going on for the entire year within IES Teens about our first love and really about committing our entire lives to follow God. And we're starting a new series today called Jesus First, Jesus First. And so it's part one of this new series. I've entitled this message today, You Are Accepted. You Are Accepted. So if you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to open those up to Mark chapter six. So we're going to read about 13 verses. If not, I believe that you should have access to those verses on the screens. But as you're turning uh, to Mark chapter six and verse one, I'd love to say a prayer uh, for you. Dear God, I want to thank you for the IES Teens ministry. I want to thank you for Pastor Josh. I want to thank you for all the leaders there for just the incredible work that you are doing in their lives. I want to thank you that you are with them, that you are for them, that you are calling them to stand up and stand out for such a time as this. God, our world is hurting. Our world has many challenges, but your love is enough. Your love is more than enough, more than sufficient to strengthen us, to go before us, to provide wisdom and creativity, to show up authentically, and to be part of your healing in this world. So God, I just pray for each and every one of them, their families, the things that they are up to uh, in this time of their lives, special projects, hobbies. I pray that you would bless them richly and that they would know that you are indeed for them. Thank you, God, for your love. Speak to us today that we might never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Amen. I was waiting for you till I heard you uh, say amen. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 13. I'm reading from the New International version. The scripture says, Jesus left and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They said, what's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his home. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. 
Then Jesus went teaching from village to village, calling the 12 to him. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. And these were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Now, I don't know about you. This is a really interesting story that we find in the Gospels. Two things are going on. In the first part, we see Jesus who had been on his ministry for some time now, he comes back home to his hometown, to Nazareth, uh, to find his family, his loved ones, and his friends. Uh, after he had left, he had done ministry, he's returning home, and he's found uh, to be criticized. Uh, people were offended at who he was and who he was becoming in his life and ministry. And then in the second part of the scripture, we see that he sends his disciples too to go and do likewise, to follow his lead, to preach the gospel, to preach about God's good news, and to call people to repentance or to change their lives, to be more encaptured and to receive the abundance of life that God has promised. And Jesus tells them, you're probably going to face resistance when you go doing this. In fact, some people aren't going to welcome you, and that's okay. Just shake the dust off your feet and carry on. Now, this is such an interesting story because oftentimes when we think about Jesus, we tend to think about this person who had achieved some high level of spiritual perfection, someone who could heal the sick, who could cast out demons, who could do all kinds of powerful things. And yet in this story, at least, the scripture tells us that Jesus was unable to heal many people, that in fact, the, the ministry that he had done in so many other places just didn't seem to be able to take root in his hometown. In fact, the people he loved and his friends, the people that he grew up with, neighbors and others, they were offended by who he was and what he was about in the world. Now, this is really an interesting story because for me, I think it shows a very common problem that every single one of us has to deal with at one point or another in our lives and that is the problem of acceptance, the problem of acceptance. See, you and I, we are social beings. What that means is that one of the things that's required in a healthy human life is to have community, to have friends. It is just one of the things that we need to make it, that we need to survive. We cannot do it in isolation. That's been one of the hardest parts about this pandemic is that while well, all of us have been needing to stay at home, that we've been cut off from relationships, from contact, from physical connection with so many other people. And because of that, our mental health has really taken a toll. We need friends to thrive in our lives. I think back on uh, so many occasions of my life and some of the highlights were with friends. In fact, I think about really funny stories uh, like when it was my 18th birthday, and I was determined to find as many restaurants and coffee shops and tea bars that would give me a free item for my birthday. And I convinced three or four of my friends to come out with me and to ask for me to drive around and say, here's so-and-so, he's 18 today. Do you have anything free on your menu because it's his birthday? 
And the conclusion of that story, I got 12 items in four hours driving around from restaurant to restaurant, from place to place with my friends because it was my birthday. I have another memory of going to professional sports games to go to a Lakers game on another one of my birthdays. This was my 19th birthday. And you can see my hat here. Go LA Lakers. Any LA Lakers fans, shout out. And my friend and I went to go watch uh, a game where Kobe Bryant was playing uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers against the Miami Heat and Dwayne Wade, who at the time was one of the best players in the NBA. You'll never believe it, but that game went to a last second shot. And you guessed it, Kobe Bryant caught it at the top of the key, shot a fadeaway jump shot at the buzzer to win the game. Oh my goodness, I ran crazy. I hugged all my friends and all the people on my row celebrating that the Lakers had just won another game. Some of these memories are some of the highlights and funny things in my life, and they have been because of friends. But sometimes we also have some really difficult things when it comes to uh, our friends that they help us with. I was in a very severe auto accident a few years ago. And when I was hospitalized for 30 days, it was the friendships that I had who came to my side to see me in the hospital. People like Pastor Josh, who text me who on WhatsApp and check in on how I was doing, how my family was doing, ask if there was anything they could do to help. And I thank God for my friends who were there with me in my time of great need. See, while friends are essential, I think that this scriptural passage is also telling us that we have to be careful about who we choose to accept as our friends. Or a better way to put it is, are we compromising our true values and our integrity in our own lives just to have friends? In fact, this story goes on to tell us that we shouldn't compromise our values, our faith, our deepest spiritual commitments just to be accepted. Because sometimes when we're choosing to follow God, those who we love, those who we care about, aren't always down for the ride. They're not always down for the transformation that God wants to do in us. And so at times, we have to find our acceptance in God. And as we choose to find our acceptance in God, God will lead us to the right community of true friendship that can help us to flourish in our spirituality as help us to live out our greatest calling and our greatest commitments. See, what's really interesting, and even in this story, where we see Jesus Christ at the epitome in his ministry, where he was healing many people, he was teaching, he was widely popular. There was many who looked to him for leadership. And yet at the height of his spiritual success, his own neighbors, his own community rejected him. They wanted nothing to do with him. I think what this tells us is that when we choose to truly find our identity in God, when we choose to do what God invites us to do, to live an abundant life of love and compassion, not everybody around us is going to like it. Not everybody around us will accept it. Not everybody around us will encourage us to go deeper. And so Jesus is helping us to be prepared for that. As difficult and as challenging as that might be, Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's even modeling for us that there's a greater acceptance, one that no other friendship could ever offer. And that's the friendship we have with God. Here's what I want you to write down. The most important acceptance of our life is the acceptance that God gives us. The most important acceptance we could ever have in our lives is the acceptance that God 
gives us. This is what it means to live with Jesus first. It means first that we know how accepted we are by God. This is amazing news because God doesn't just accept us in the things that are great and the things that we love about ourselves and our highlight reel, so to speak. We're great on social media about putting together clips and photos and short videos of our highlight reels when we're funny, when we have a talent, when we're showing off things that we feel competent and confident in. That's what the world accepts us to be. But God accepts us fully. God accepts us when the video is turned off. God accepts us when the social media account is deleted. God accepts us in all the things that we can't seem to accept about ourselves, our gender, the way we look, the way we are socioeconomically, our education background, our nationality, our ethnicity, uh, every aspect about our lives, God sees us, God knows us, and God says, you are loved through and through. It was only from this awareness of complete acceptance that Jesus could actually live and return home and even begin to say, even though my community doesn't accept me, God accepts me. And the scripture even said that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed because all Jesus was there to help preach to them was not a message of condemnation, but it was a message for his community to know how loved they were. And it was a message for his community who was a poor community. It was to know they don't have to settle for anything less than God's acceptance. They don't have to sell out for popularity in the world. They don't have to sell out for status or for a title. They don't have to sell out to find comfort in the things that the world finds comfort in because they are already accepted in God but yet so little of his community were willing to truly accept that. And Jesus was amazed at their lack of being willing to accept this. Jesus is inviting us to, if we're really to put his message, his life first, it's to first accept how we are accepted by God. The second thing we realize from this text is that when we live in the acceptance of God, we judge others less. I'll say that again. When we live in our acceptance, being accepted by God, we judge others less. See, what we find in this passage, Jesus sends his followers to preach all around the neighboring cities this message of radical inclusion and radical love. To not judge others based on the way the world judges. The world judges in so many categories. The, the world judges those with disability. The, the world judges those who are different in any social identity, whether that be race or gender or age or uh, ability or, or, or education or sexuality or gender. The world judges people based on their differences but when we know we're accepted by God, we see something deeper than all those differences. It doesn't mean we erase those differences, but we see what's deeper. We see that people are loved, that people are more than their labels, that people are more than their good moments and they're more than their bad moments, that people are fully known and seen and accepted by God. And our only response can be to love in return. 
Our only response can be to call out and to challenge any systems or any ways of thinking that make people inferior to one another, that make people less than, that make people excluded, that make people outcast. When we know of God's acceptance, we show a love to this world of radical acceptance. And some people might get offended by that. Some people might not want to hear that because they find their acceptance by fitting in. They find their acceptance by living out the status quo. They find their acceptance by just repeating what they see on TV or on the media. What they don't know is that true acceptance is not about performance. True acceptance is about the presence of Jesus living in our lives and hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit to move and to walk in a divine love regardless of what happens. Beloved IES teens, you are accepted and your call is not to judge the world, but to invite the world to know of this acceptance, to work for the eradication of poverty, to eliminate any form of abuse, to call and demand for change of any corrupt governments, to say that God calls us to be accepted. Therefore, as humanity, we must care for one another, love one, love one another, and to help one another anybody who's suffering from oppression or anything else, they are accepted by God. And we are to join in the transformation of this world by living out that acceptance. The third principle that I want to leave you with is to know that before we can truly heal the world, we must be reminded each and every day of how loved we are by God. What do I mean by that? This world has a lot of challenges. This world has a lot of issues and newsflash. You and I aren't going to solve all the issues in our lifetimes. I know that's hard to hear. We're young. We can make some serious changes, and we will, I promise. But there will be still problems existing when we leave. There will be issues unresolved at the end of our lives. So we must recognize our job is not to put an end to things in forever. We can't do that. But our job is to know that God loves us through and through and to never lose heart until our last breath and heartbeat that we gave our lives, putting Jesus's radical love and acceptance first, starting with ourselves. What I want to tell you, friends, is that don't try to love the world if you haven't first accepted and taken care of your own self, your own body, your own emotions, your own physicality, practical things like, are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating the right medicine? I didn't say food. I said medicine because food is about medicine. It's about promoting our vitality and well-being. Now, I love a good sweet dessert, but we have to ensure that we are putting good things in our bodies so that we can truly live out of this radiant love for the world. We can't truly help heal the world if we haven't accepted this love and taken care of our own bodies, which the scripture says is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm inviting you, IES teens community, to pr prioritize your well-being, not as an individualistic thing that's separate, but to know that when you choose rest, when you choose creativity, when you choose to nourish your own body, mind, and soul, you are actually doing that on the sake of the world. Because the best gift we can give this world is a radical awareness of the love of God. 
the love that accepts us and knows us, that calls us to live out flourishing in our own lives, in our communities, and all over the world. I have so much love for each of you. I know that God is up to amazing things in your ministry, and God has amazing things in store for your future. In this moment of putting Jesus first, it's not about willing yourself to be a better Christian, willing yourself to be a better disciple. You are already loved right where you are. The question is, is have you been honest and authentic with God about where you haven't brought your full self to, to be healed, where you haven't brought the innermost things inside your soul to be met by the arms of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit? Because until we can give the most vulnerable parts within to God, we can't help minister to the most vulnerable people in the society and the world. They're both connected. How we treat anything vulnerable within ourselves, within our relationships, within the world is all connected. God radically accepts us in our vulnerability. Will we accept that? Will we receive that today? This is the invitation that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to, to live a life where Jesus can be first, not because we willed ourselves there, not because we performed well enough, but because we've had a revelation of God's love that has been given freely without us having to do anything to deserve it. But it is a gift to be known and to be cherished every moment of our lives. I wish you abundance. I wish you joy. I wish you vitality. I wish you imagination. I wish you perseverance, that you can weather all the challenges that are going on in this world with a radical trust and confidence that God's love is in you, it's with you, and it is for you in all things. Let us pray. God, I wanna thank you for your truth. I wanna thank you that we are accepted by your love, that even when we're rejected by those who we thought were our friends, by those who we thought had the best for us, even religious people who we thought were there to lead us to your path, God, you accept us. You remind us that every breath is a gift of your presence, that every heartbeat is your faithfulness that gives life to us indiscriminately. Whether we feel like we deserve it or not, you are there, you are with us, and you love us. Help us to receive that love. Help us to be changed by that love. Help us to receive a newness of life by your love. Help us to touch the world and those who are vulnerable and marginalized with this love, not out of an agenda, not out of self-righteousness, not out of trying to do it on our own power, but because we know your love has no limits. Your love has no bounds. We give ourselves fully to you. We give all of our uh, issues to you. We give all of our unresolved things to you. God, for those who are here who need deeper help with things in their lives, violations that they've gone through, wounds and abandonments that they've suffered. God, I pray you would bring the right people in their lives to help them walk through that, not to escape or to deny what's happened, but to bring what's happened into the light of your love to bring all that's happened into the awareness of your compassion and your acceptance. God, you know us fully, and all your invitation is to us is to be authentic, to bring the fullness of our experience to you.
and you promise to meet us and never leave us. You promise to show us the path to healing, to wholeness, and to make us a, a, a human being, a presence of love and healing in this violent world. God, we trust you. We look to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And so it is, IES teens. I love you, and I can't wait to be with you in person until we meet again.